0: Hi, let's talk about loneliness. This can feel like a vulnerable area for a lot of us. Not much fun to talk about. But I maintain that every one of our feelings has value, is useful in some way, however uncomfortable or unpleasant it is to experience And if we apply that theory to loneliness what do we learn? What what about loneliness can be useful or helpful to us? This is not going to be one of those positivity silver lining episode podcast type things. Um, No. More a case of looking at feelings like their data and that the information that they offer us is essentially neutral and an invitation to, towards application. To me, it seems that loneliness tells us we need people, tells us we need people and that we don't currently feel we have people. It's a canary in the mines, it's a little alarm bell, it's a little pat on the shoulder to say you need to pay attention. You don't have enough people. We don't like that feeling. It can make us feel very ashamed because, well, if we were someone people liked, surely we would have people. If we'd managed our lives better, we would have community. It must be something we've done wrong. For a lot of third culture kids, loneliness can be a very frightening feeling. It can thrust us back to innumerable first days. Being the new kid in the class, the new person in the group, the weirdo, the one that nobody really has a vested interest in including, entirely vulnerable to the reaching out invitation of others to join. When were a new kid, if We don't carry some kind of social resource that makes us appealing to the established group. We can be alone a long time. It's not fun. Some of us from an early age learnt how to work with what social resources we had, so Maybe we were the interesting one, the exotic one, the one who traveled, the one who'd seen things. Maybe we were the smart one or the funny one. Maybe we learned how to make other people feel good. Make other people understand we were interested in them. And in that way we became valuable to them. A lot of us have experiences of deep and lasting friendships, where there was a move beyond mutual exchange of social resources to a deep mutual understanding and care. But for others of us, a lot of TCKs can be left with a sense of, are we friends because I managed it well? Is that that why we're close? Because I'm useful and I've made myself useful. We can be left with a sense of vulnerability in our friendships, a sense of insecurity around, do they really know me and do they really like me and would they really like me if they really knew me? There are so many of us with so many parts hidden at the back. We're not always sure how all of those elements of us from different cultures, different times, would be received. So they don't all show up and then we're left wondering, what if they did, would we be rejected? And of course, there's the very real variable here as well, that when we move, we leave those people behind and no matter how much tech we have access to, how many Zoom calls we do, when we're not regularly engaged in one another's lived experience, it can be harder to feel close and and meshed into a network of people. And then pandemic. As I'm talking to you now, we are actually about to enter... Um, a tier 3 system in my area here in the UK. um would already be in it, I think, by the time you hear this podcast. And that, in many ways, is lockdown. Um, people aren't supposed to be mixing households at all. And for a lot of people that's deeply discouraging deeply discouraging to feel this never-ending sense of isolation, however we process or understand the safety reasons behind it, the loneliness is real, and the loneliness is hard to live with, particularly for TCKs, a lot of us have An experience of, I don't know a better way of putting it, but an out of sight, out of mind thing. Those of us who identify with ADD type tendencies, there's a a notion called object permanence, which ADDers find difficult. If it's not right in front of you, it doesn't exist. Um, It explains a lot of the reasons why I will leave things out that need mending or fixing or dealing with because if I put it away I will forget it exists so I have to surround myself with a certain amount of clutter because the visual prompt reminds me it's there and this out of sight, out of mind, object permanence thing can really kick in for a lot of us who whose minds have become so accustomed to pretty permanent experiences of loss, that when we haven't seen our friends for a certain amount of time, I wonder if our brains start to decide that either we or they have simply left the country. I guess that's it now, we say to ourselves, we won't see them again. That chapter is closed. And we begin to kind of emotionally grieve or respond in a way that assumes they're no longer really in our emotional world and that we no longer have access to them. I wonder how much pandemic is triggering loss, relational loss. And this can be quite A dangerous place for us as third culture kids, because heaven knows we know how to disengage. A lot of us disengage as a self-protection mechanism for further pain, so we don't draw it out. If we feel somebody's left our lives, we let them try and look to the new, except we don't really have access to the new. We've kind of left one country and not entered a new one yet. And I think there's a real risk that we can under-invest in our relationships at this point of pandemic, because we think they're already gone. I wonder... I'm doing a lot of wondering. How would it feel to draw up a kind of strategy for loneliness? One of the things that has helped me in the past is to literally write down, I'm talking paper and pen here, not on my phone. Again, it's that visual, right? It needs to be in front of my face. That write down the people that I want to stay connected with. It's worth making a mental or physical note of how you want to stay connected with them. In your area, are you able to go for walks outside with people? Can you get those in the diary? Can you do Zoom calls, phone calls, FaceTime? How are you going to stay in touch? Can you send gifts or care packages? Can you watch things together simultaneously while online? Can you join a virtual book club? How are you going to connect with these people? Having people in our diary, in our imagined future and does an awful lot to combat loneliness. Where loneliness triggers a fear that we will be left alone, we need reminders that we don't have to be alone, that there are people we can reach for, that this isn't a new kid in the class situation, that there are already people there, course, you might be listening and saying, well, there aren't. I don't have people. Well, if you've sat down and written a list of all the people you like in your life and find it actually doesn't come to very many, or perhaps everybody is not local, you don't have people around the corner, then that can feel really hard. I'm sorry. It can be very tempting in that situation to reach for where the people are, become concerned or preoccupied with not being included in things, feeling rejected. And sometimes that is just how it is and it's awful. We do sometimes genuinely get left out of things. There are other ways. It can feel paradoxical, but I think it's worth beginning with our sense of who we are as we tackle loneliness. Who am I that I want to share with people? Third culture kids are often so highly tuned into the needs and preferences of other people that we ask ourselves, who will accept me? Instead of, who do I want to share me with, or who am I interested in? Can we shift our focus from who will have me to who do I want? It can be really difficult to do this, but when we turn to who do I want, we suddenly find ourselves with social resources. What of me do I want to share? Who am I interested in is probably going to reflect what my interests are. Rather than trying to bend or mould ourselves into a shape we feel will be more acceptable to other people, we begin to notice our own shape and invite others to connect with that. What are your passions? What are your hobbies? Again, we can become very focused on finding it hard to connect, harder perhaps to connect with people who aren't globally minded, who aren't in the same living situation that we are in, in the same situation of life, who have a whole bunch of resources we don't have. We might share a hobby or an interest. We might share a career trajectory. We might share an interest in a particular country or language or culture. Or we might just share geographical proximity. But we have to know what elements of ourselves we have be able to share them. I can find points of connection much more easily if I recognise and validate all these interests and preferences within myself. It might be enough to feel able to connect over an experience around relationships. Or an experience around parenting or an experience around school days or shared passion for coffee or knitting or reading. Where are your people? The people that share your interests. Find your interests. Reach out for where those other people might be. There are groups on Facebook, groups online, groups in your local area. Pandemic does not make this easy. The other night, I found through an advert on Facebook, I believe, a comedy night advertised. and You never know how these things are going to be. It turned out that it was a Zoom call and everybody's cameras were invited to be on. So rather than being an anonymous spectator, we were very much participants and my heart soared. I couldn't have anticipated how much it meant to me to see other faces on the screen enjoying, synchronously, the same thing I was. We were all there sharing that moment. I don't know their names. I don't know their lives. We shared an experience together for an hour and a half and it was blissful. We're often quick to dismiss those kinds of connections as just simply not deep and meaningful enough and it's true we need variety in our friendship, relationship experiences. But that really helped me feel connected to a world beyond my bubble, beyond isolation, beyond quarantine, beyond pandemic. There was laughter. And we could see each other's faces. There was a little slice of humanity in that evening. And it's something I will be doing again. Loneliness tells us we don't have people. Tells us we won't survive without people. Tells us there's something wrong with us because we don't have people. Loneliness can be a useful invitation to reach for the people we need without needing us to generate shame about that. If we don't have people, that doesn't have to be something that is a deep indictment of our character or our life choices. It could just be how it is a whole bunch of variables and circumstances, all colliding together to create a sense of loneliness. Many of us in the past, loneliness was powerlessness. As children, a lot of our hard feelings feel very powerless. We can be sent back into that place very easily. Our mind likes familiar places, familiar feelings. But if we can hold ourselves as fundamentally worthy of people, even if it just feels a very theoretical notion at the moment, then we can start to reach, give of ourselves, connect to other people's self, and move beyond our fear of loneliness. We can respond to our loneliness rather than shame ourselves for it. In the same way that any kind of pain is an invitation for us to help ourselves Reach for painkillers, remove our hand from the fire, apply antiseptic cream and bandages, reach for a doctor's help. Emotional pain is the same invitation. Needing people is not wrong, although for many of us it can feel very vulnerable, because what if they leave? What if we leave? What if we don't? Or what if they do, but that isn't a failure on our part. What kinds of connections would be open to us if we didn't fear? Thank you for listening. Bye.